Hello and welcome to episode 177 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter, at AndrewRLP. Joining me as always is the stupendous League Freak, who you can find on Twitter, at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Hello, Andrew. I'm very good. How are you? Not too bad. Um, let's just recap, shall we, how this episode's come about. <laughs> well, the, the intro's been a... longer than the preparation. <laughs> yes. Opened up Skype conversation. He said, "Let's just do a quick episode. It's you know, it's almost one a.m. Mm. I'm like, uh, okay, fuck it. <laughs> and so here we are, people. And it's going to be about the big news of the day. Yeah, we have made it clear that this will be a quick episode. So strap your ears in for a quick two hours. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the big news that's come out today is that the the 2020 Kangaroo Tour to the UK has been cancelled, not surprisingly. Um, But an option of um, rebooting it in 2022 is being looked into. Yeah, it's it's not really surprising at all, especially with the numbers that they've still got over there with COVID-19. Like, they're still getting, like, in the hundreds each day of people getting uh, found to have it. And they're going to have a much longer... Um, period of time that they're they're having to deal with lockdowns and people getting infected and all that sort of thing so i think it was the right decision i'm surprised that they didn't announce this about a month and a half ago to be honest like what do you think took them so long i i wonder if maybe they were just hanging around waiting to see if the super league were going to make an announcement as to when the season was going to come back Mm. and i think some of the news over there was that their their government is open to having sports resume Mm-hmm. Uh, much like we have here. But, yeah, they're in a situation where we were kind of Marchish. Yeah, so, and and then, even then, I mean, we never had hundreds of cases. Like, I think what it, we just ticked over 100 and something cases not that long ago. They're getting 400 a day now. Yeah, they've got, what, triple our population in this, in an area about the size of like, Victoria or New South Wales or something. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's going to take them a lot longer to get clear of this. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure that they'll have the Super League season being finished or rebooted anyway this year. If they do, no. it's only going to be a really short season, and when I say really short, it might be a dozen games. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if they were playing in their in their winter. As well. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if their season finished, like, in January or something, and then they had a very short off-season and then went back into it again in, say, March or something. Um, yeah. Because I, think... I reckon they, they might go through and just have... We play each team once and mm-hmm. then just have a quick top-five final series and bang, it's done. Yeah. Um, and that way they can be open again to a decent sort of off-season, maybe start the next year a little bit later. Mm-hmm. because their seasons do start really early. So maybe they can start their next season around the same time the NRL starts theirs, which is about a month, almost a month after Super League normally starts. Yeah. And then, you know, knock a few rounds off the end because they play way too many anyway for next year. And then they can still have that off-season available to them, which they're going to need to, that, that longish break, because they've got a World Cup next year somehow, apparently still. Um, And then stick with that system for the following year so we can have a kangaroo tour. Yeah, I think that... Look, I think that by 
the World Cup, everything will be settled right down. I think if things are still going with COVID-19 by then, like, uh, it would be strange. It would be really strange because Australia won't have it by then. New Zealand won't have it by then. Um, we might not have a United States by then, <laughs> going by what's going on over there at yeah. the moment. It'll, it'll be burnt to the ground. Yeah, yeah. There won't be anything left. There'll just yeah. be water between Canada and, and uh, Mexico. Um but yeah, I, I think the World Cup will be fine. I I think it would be prudent for them to have some backup plans in place though for the World Cup. But for this Ashes series, I mean, I don't know about you. I wasn't really excited about it. Were you excited about it at all? No, I was more excited about there being a tour. Yeah. Um. I. I am. Well, I may not have been excited about it. I was obviously keen to have the uh, the Ashes series return. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that they should never have got rid of because mm-hmm. I have this belief, and I'm happy to be proven wrong, but if you keep playing against, you know, the absolute best in the world as often as you can, then the weaker of the two teams will come up in standard. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a correlation between when Australia and England stopped having kangaroos, they stopped having tours to one another and a rapid decline in the quality of football being played in the UK compared to Australia. Because do you think the last kangaroo tour was 94? Yeah. Do you think how good that fucking Wigan size was in 93, 94? They yeah. were better than nearly every Australian team. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. How many teams have they had in the UK since that Wigan team in 94? that you can say even NRL standard since then. And I'm talking, we're going back to 94 here. Yeah, like not many would. I, I don't think any of them would make the finals, quite honestly, for our final series if they play the whole season. Um, I, I tend to think that, like the way I see it is the the standard of, of rugby league just never has not improved over there for a very long time. And I think even now, you look at Super League now, and it's still not great. Like, it's still pretty poor standard. And, like, they've got so many problems over there right now in terms of where they want the competition to be. They're talking about changing competition structures, who should be in it, what should be the goal, like the aim of Super League, what should it be? And I think the problem that they have at the moment is that they've made so many changes over the last, say, 10 years and have reverted back, and a lot of it hasn't worked and, like, where do you go from here with Super League? Um, I know for me personally with the Kangaroo Tour, I, I have zero interest in seeing the Kangaroos or an Australian team of any sort playing all, any of their club sides. I understand that the club teams get excited about it, but I don't think anyone else does. And like in, this... the, in the past, it was good because the standard of the UK clubs were good enough to be competitive. Like, they might have got beaten by 30-odd points, but a 30-odd... You know, a 30-point loss isn't the thrashing that they get now. I can't see anyone, like even like Castleford, being within 30 points of the Australian team. No. It'd be... Even the Australian B team would put 40, 50 points easy on yeah. any club team over there. Yeah. And that's the worry. And I, I can't see how one-off random game where Australia just comes along and beats the livid shit out of them and just leaves. I'm, I can't see how that helps 
anyone. I, it's it's odd. It's yeah, really I odd. agree with that. But that, like them individual clubs love it. And and the other weird thing for me too is how do you pick those clubs? Like, do you just keep putting money into the coffers of the richer clubs over there and give them the gate takings and all of that? I, I find that unfair. Um, you know, if it was something you earned, if it was like the top two teams in Super League or the grand finals or something, that would make sense. But I can well, see where Super yeah. League would say, like, oh, we don't want a situation where Australia's playing the Catalan Dragons and, I don't know, whoever, Castleford. They want them playing other teams. And we know the teams don't want them to play. They want them to play a St. Helens or a Wigan or a Leeds. Yeah. Or all three if, if they can have their, have their way. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I don't know. My idea is if you have a tour these days, mm. then you're going on a tour to play solely against rep teams. Yeah. And when I say rep teams, you're going to play against other countries. Mm-hmm. So... I would have, if I was having Australia going on a tour of Europe, I'd have them going over there. They play the three tests against Great Britain or England, whatever they choose to be. One against Wales, one against Scotland, one against Ireland, and then play two tests against France. Um, maybe play a game somewhere else in Europe, Italy or Greece or someone like that, some other team that's in the World Cup, maybe Greece. Yeah. And that's like nine games. You yeah, play so, that over seven weeks or something like that, or six weeks, and then come home. Well, the way I would do it is I would play um, a game against France first up. I'd end up playing two games against France. So I'd play a game against France, and that would be almost the warm-up game for Europe. And then I'd go across to the UK. I'd play the three-test series against England or Great Britain, whoever they decide to name. And then I'd play France again. So that's five tests. And then I'd look to play, you know, a, a test against Italy or, as you say, Greece, someone somewhere like that, where it's something a bit different to end the, the uh, kangaroo tour for the players. And to me, that is way more interesting than them playing a three-test series against England or Great Britain and then playing club sides in between them. Um, you know, because, as you say, it's just a different world. I just think that... You know, we can look back at misty eyes and say, oh, that was wonderful. And you've got to say, who's it wonderful for? And who was at those games? Like, is, are we talking about people that are now in their 50s and 60s that would love to see that happen? Because I think most people that you try and market the game at, like teenagers and people in their 20s and stuff like that, I think if I, I think they would find it interesting, but I don't think they'd get all that excited about it. And we've also got to look to maximise the use of the kangaroos as well. Like, if you've got five or six games that, that the Australian team is willing to play at the end of the year, you've got to spread them out as much as you possibly can to get the biggest benefit for that game overall. Um, so that, that and that's the way I look at it anyway. No, I think it's exactly exactly right, and that's what they've got to try and do. Is the the northern sides need to see the kangaroos playing them as, you know, like winning the fucking lottery. Yeah, yeah, that's essentially what it is, and that's how it needs to be treated. Um, I'd even consider if you're going to do a tour, and you want to make it worthwhile, when Australia returns to you know southern hemisphere. They can play against some of the Pacific nations as well. You know, one or two tests against the PNG, then you've got 
Cook Island, Samoa, Tonga. Yeah, you don't need to play New Zealand every time, but you can chuck one in there if you want. Yeah, at least you're getting a dozen or so games out of it that way. And they've toured around the world. They've gone and actually done a pretty decent tour. Yeah. Well, that, um, like, that's the thing about international rugby league right now. I mean, as as Australians, and you and me are Australians, um, like the teams that I want to see Australia play right now in order would probably be Tonga and then Fiji, because I think if Fiji hooks things up, they're a bloody good team. Um, then PNG, and then after that, it's probably between Samoa and New Zealand. And the only reason I put them in the same sort of basket is because they're both as you know up and down as each other. They can both play really, really well, and they can both play really, really poorly. Um, there's no teams in the Northern Hemisphere I really have any interest in seeing the Kangaroos play outside of France. And the problem is that France is so bad right now, unfortunately, that it's just going to be a thrashing, and I kind of don't want to see that. No, that's right. We need to... France still has the potential to mm. to become a very strong country again, rugby league-wise. But they're just not being... No one's putting any interest in the country outside of France. No. And that's the problem. I'd, um, see, I'd like to see the NRL go to the French Rugby League and say, we would love you to do a tour almost every year through New Zealand and you would get to play New Zealand and Tonga and Samoa and all of those teams in New Zealand. And I think that that exposure to the Southern Hemisphere Rugby League would... I think France is the sort of nation that they'd actually look at what's going on and they'd look at their results and they'd say, how can we improve? What are we doing wrong? And they're not going to sort of say, well, we've got to come back the French way. We've got to, you know, look at our own style, which is what Great Britain has done in the past and it's Mm. failed miserably. Um, I think France would actually look at these teams that were beating them and say, okay, they did that. We need to start looking at doing that ourselves. So, and that's what I'd like to say. I'd like to see French rugby league sort of embraced by the Southern Hemisphere more than it has the North. Because, like, being embraced by the Rugby Football League and all that stuff, it's been great for the Catalan Dragons. But I don't think it's done much for French rugby league internationally anyway. No, I think the best way to deal with this is to bring France over here for a month mm. in our NRL preseason. Mm-hmm. And they can play against NRL teams who are, you know, instead of those teams having trials, mm. they can play, you know, recognised games against the French team. Yeah. That would I, be pretty cool. Because that way the NRL teams are playing a genuine game, mm. but the, but they know they're up against a an opposition that isn't at NRL standard. So they can still trial a few young players in there. Yeah. Um, another problem you've got, obviously, is being a pre-season match and it doesn't have any value to the season. It's going to be hard to get clubs to want to put too many stars in there because, you know, with the risk of injury and whatnot. But um, even still, it's it'd be a way to sort of help France and sort of ease them into playing the standard that is the bar and that yeah. is, you know, the way it's played in Australia. But that yeah, would be exactly. a way to work it and they'd be playing against rusty Australian teams. 
Yeah, and and but, but they'd still get something out of it, and it it, it would be uh, wouldn't be flogging either. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because I think the the floggings don't do anyone any good. I think sometimes they're good if a nation needs a kick up the backside, uh, and that works sometimes. It doesn't work other times. But I, I think for some of these smaller nations, especially ones that aren't producing um, the world class talented players, it's very difficult for them to turn up and just get absolutely flogged and go home. You know, so. Um, oh yeah, I think that would be an interesting thing for them. And I think that they'd be able to send players that were like, even if it was just a French invitational side or something, they called it whatever they wanted to call it, but just get their players reps against professional players from the Southern hemisphere. It'd be great for them. Absolutely. Now, the, do you think the 2022 tour should go ahead? I personally think after the World Cup, it's the sort of thing where I think you need to have the World Cup and see how that goes before you make the schedule going forward from there. Because say the World Cup final is between Australia and Tonga and Tonga wins, would you rather see an Ashes series or a three-test series against Tonga? I'm going to throw out there a more left-wing idea, mm-hmm. and I'm going to borrow this from Rugby Union of all places mm-hmm. because one of the biggest draws on the Rugby Union calendar is when the British and Irish Alliance come to Australia mm-hmm. because they only come around once every eight years. Yeah. Imagine if we took an Australian, a, a Southern Hemisphere team to tour the UK. Oh, they, but they, oh, they'd slaughter them, though. Oh, but the thing is, you take enough players. Yeah. You could probably have a Australian-only team. Yeah. And a New Zealand-only team. Or you could take enough to have, you know, you take a few others along the way. You have Australasia. or just have, you know, Southern Hemisphere. But while they may slaughter the opposition at the same time, would they? Because there's, there'd be very few combinations in there. Well, think about this, and I tweeted about this the other day. Imagine a forward pack that had Jason Talmalolo in it and Kikau in it. Yeah. Just those two, just and just in a normal forward pack. That's a nightmare. I don't know how you handle that. You could have those two put, in, put in the um, same team as Haas. Put Wade Graham on the other side of the field. Yeah, like it would be... Man, that would be crazy. That's kind of exciting to wonder what they do, though, hey? Yeah. Who would you have as the uh, the fullback? you got Tedesco, you got Tom Trebojevic, and you've got Roger Tuovasashek. You've also oh. got Valentine Holmes, who, would, who could represent the Cook Islands as well. Man, there's... Well, I think that it's fullback. <laughs> man, this is crazy. What a great idea. I would probably have. It's hard to go past um, Tedesco at fullback. Yeah, but, I agree. But then I would, I'd have to have RTS in there, so he at the very least goes on the wing, and then I'd probably have Ado Car on the other wing. In the centres, who would you go in the centres? Well, one of the current test centres is Latrell Mitchell. 
see, he was the first one I thought of as well. But seriously, you could put anyone you want there. Who would be the other centre, do you reckon? You'd probably need to put some back rowers there, to be honest. Why back rowers? Well, there's going to be... We've already named three of them. And you've left out... We've left out Boyd Cordner as well. I don't think he'd make my team, hey? <laughs> I'm I'm serious, though. This is That's how good, like... You think of uh, some of the forwards that are, that Tonga and Samoa and Fiji have. Like, it, it, it's crazy. Say, you've got, can you imagine Damien Cook running off the back of a forward pack that's got Taumalolo and Kikau, Fafida, Trebojevic is the lock, Haas up front. Oh man, it'd be it'd be unfair. They could score eighty points against Great Britain. You know, half. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that would be so cool. That's the thing. It'd be a a one off draw card thing. Yeah, I think maybe you're onto something here. They see that excites me. Yeah, that's very exciting. There's this thing that they did back in eighties. And it was a one-off thing only. Mm. And it was Northern Hemisphere versus Southern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I looked at them. Well, I think it was Oceania versus Europe or something like that. I think it was billed as. I looked at it and went, that's actually a pretty, pretty brilliant idea. And at the time, it was brilliant because, you know, the UK was still pretty competitive with Australia. Yeah. And New Zealand was a bit better than France. Mm-hmm. France had started their decline at this stage. Yeah. But you also had P&G coming onto the scene as well. And you had to pick a set number, of, a minimum number of players from each country. Oh, was, okay. It was the only test-playing nations involved. Yeah. I thought, imagine doing that now. You just have a Northern Hemisphere versus Southern Hemisphere. That would be interesting. It would be very one-sided, but it would be an interesting game. I'd like to watch that. Played in the off-season. Instead of having this All-Stars concept that they, you know, when they, you know the All-Stars concept they had when they had, you know, NRL All-Stars versus the Indigenous teams. Yeah. That was a, that was an abomination. Yeah, that was. I mean, like, that didn't have any interest for me. Yeah. What they've got now, I like it. I just don't want them to call it All-Stars. Yeah, I would rather it be... Uh... Like, properly... Properly honour the fact that it's Indigenous. Yeah. Call it the Maori versus the Aboriginal. Side call it the, yeah, call it the uh, Indigenous, indigenous Trans-Tasman title yeah. or something. You know? Yeah. Do that. I think All-Stars is just some sort of wanky title you give something to try and make it sound more impressive than yeah. it needs to be. I think we need to be honouring the fact that they're Indigenous. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're playing in the NRL. We know they're stars already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it just seems a bit superfluous. So I'd, I'd have that and then also have this Northern Hemisphere versus Southern Hemisphere game as well on at the same time. And you can use it to trial international rules or something like that if you want. That'd be cool. Where would you play the uh, Northern versus Southern Hemisphere game, though? PNG. Oh, my God. I don't know. Really? Uh, to be honest, I wouldn't care where. Play anywhere yeah. you want. 
Play in the fucking US. Hawaii. Hawaii, why not? Let's tie this back into our first ever episode. Yeah, that's really cool. Play Um, in Hawaii. Yeah, let's play it in Hawaii. I'll go over there. I'll cover the game. It'll be great. You'd be the only one who would cover it. Probably. Because most of the uh, Aussie journalists don't like to leave the comfort of their homes. Yeah, well, their homes are where the alcohol is. <laughs> Careful. I'm not I'm not saying they're alcoholics, but let me do an interpretive dance right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, people, if you if you had if you had this uh, conversational video right now, you'd have your pants off too. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> oh shit. Man, that was some flexibility. I didn't think that that part of your anatomy could have. Well, I work hard at it. Yeah, I can see. <laughs> Boy. Anyways, how are we going with this quick episode? It's going really well. It's yeah, going yeah, very well. well. How how many minutes into it are we? 25. 25. Oh, yeah, the 10-minute <laughs> episode. Yeah, look, I, episode. I, I think we, we talked about what we wanted to talk about, though, which is a good thing. And, um, yeah, talk a little bit about the Ashes series, bit of International Rugby League in there. We've done a little bit of what... You know, what if, who would be the best team in the world right now and stuff like that. We might do that for an episode coming up, hey. Put together Absolutely. the best team in the world. I was going to throw together one other idea here, and that is how come the UK Lions aren't talking about doing a tour over here? Because I, I think it's because, number one, Australians, it's hard to sell them coming over here to us because we know their shit and that their results would be an abomination and but you can get them to play against not just NRL teams, get them to go and play against regional teams and help boost country rugby league that way, just like they used to do. But what if the Burley Bears beat them? Well, they probably will beat them. But it'd be but good for the it'd be good for the Burley Bears though, wouldn't it? But then why why would the rugby football league do that? Who cares what they what they think? I'm not talking about what the RFL wants. I'm talking about what the what country rugby league Australia wants. I know, but I like, and I do. I agree with you. Like, I think on their day, look, the Burley Bears nearly did it in that oppressive. Th- what was it? Twenty three point seven degrees. Something oh yeah, like twenty four. Yeah. Yeah. Oppressive. Um, yeah. So, I I just think that the rugby football league they they don't like to extend themselves at all in any way. And I think that would be extending themselves. Because, I don't know, I think it would actually be advantageous for for the UK team to come out and play against opposition other than the NRL. You know who I'd like to see them play? I'd like to see England play three test series against Tonga. And I think that then they could just shut up after that series. No, I think they should come out here. Yeah. They could play like... Two or three warm-up games against, like, um, Group 9, a Central Coast region, not Central Coast, Northern Coast of New South Wales, and a Queensland rep team. Combined Penrith like, A grade? Yeah. Well, yeah. A Queensland country team, a New South Wales country team. Yeah. That would be an idea. Play against those two country teams as a warm-up. Yeah. And then play two tests against Papua New Guinea. Mm-hmm. I think Papua New Guinea now deserves it after they beat them last time. Yeah, I do too. So two tests against Papua New Guinea, two against, um, you know, you know, we'll go one again, two against Tonga, 
Bugger. No, three against Tonga. Bugger. One against Samoa, one against Fiji. I'll have to play one against Cook Islands now. Um, say, say you're Sean Wayne, right? Mm. And you, you, you sit down in a seat that Wayne Bennett has left nice and warm for you. And you look at what Wayne Bennett did in the last series, and it's like Wayne Bennett takes this team to the Southern Hemisphere, and he hasn't got much to work with, and they lose every single game, and they turn around and they say, that's your fault, Wayne Bennett, and they sack him. Why would why would Sean Wayne be even thinking about any of this, though? Why? Yeah. Because he needs to play against his opposition more often to see if he's going to be any chance of beating them. I, and I don't think that that's part of their makeup. I think that I think that England slash Great Britain would be happy to never play a test outside of their own country for the next probably eight years or so. And I think they would be happy to smack France around a little bit and hope that every so often New Zealand comes over and just doesn't care anymore like they tend to do when they play against them. And I, I don't think they really want to test themselves because when they do get tested, they get they get smashed. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's almost got me to the point where uh, you want to is England, is England a lost cause? Great Britain, I get well, it. Are they, are they a lost cause like, on the rugby league scene? Should should we stop trying to figure out how to fix Great Britain? And should yes. we just go? You know what? Let's just focus on Papua New Guinea. Yes. Unless you get Papua New Guinea to do a tour of Australia. I, I, I've I been saying this for more years than I care to say. <laughs> like, uh, England is not that important in rugby league. They just think they are. Uh, I am far more interested in the likes of Samoa Tonga, France, the Cook Islands, Papua New Guinea, all those teams, Canada, the United States. Those teams are exciting. Um. Great Britain isn't. They're just not. What are they going to do? We know what they're going to do. If they come over here, they get smacked. If we go over there, we smack them. Rinse and repeat. How do we make it more exciting? Uh, they get more Australians into their team. Like their best player, their best players last year were Blake Austin. No, he's British. Yeah, well, you know, Hebsham, Hebsham ain't part of Britain. <laughs> Ah, but if it wasn't for the Britons, Havisham wouldn't exist. Well, it would. It just wouldn't have, you know, white dudes there. <laughs> it would just be Aboriginal dudes living. The Darek people, I believe, were the ones that uh, occupied the region that Hebisham would be in. And, and even, I think they'd even still, those guys would... I think they'd still <laughs> beat Great Britain. <laughs> they, would, they would, and they wouldn't even have to see a rugby league ball. They'd still do a job, better yeah. job. Yeah, just explain it to them a bit. All of a sudden, they're throwing flick passes and stuff. It's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> uh, they, they do it easy. Yeah. Easy. Oh, no, I, I don't know what they do. I See, I do want UK to be better because it's the first, and for me, it's the easiest market that you can improve. Yeah. Because it's the next competition down from the NRL. Mm-hmm. So to me... That's a logical step to go to. If we can make them better, then we can make other places better. You know, the the ARL have single-handedly helped New Zealand get better just by having the Warriors in the competition here. Yeah. Um. So, 
to me, the you know, a future expansion idea, and I'm I'm not talking the next expansion. I'm talking like a few, you know, a decade or so's time. Yeah, is we need to be looking at having a PNG team in the NRL. I agree. Yeah, not just at New South Wales Cup level or Queensland Cup or whatever. I'm talking about in the actual elite league, mm. and they they need to have a team in there. Um, but we can't we can't do that with France or England. So we no. need to make England a better competition somehow so that we can drag France along and make them better as well. And that's why it's so key for me to make England better because then you can – France is so close and all of Europe is so close. You can drag them all along with, with England and get them going better. But I don't know how you get England to that point because they've been going downhill since the 70s. Yeah. I don't know how you steer that around and, and make it successful again. There's so many things that need to be fixed. The TV rights, I mean, it's 2020. They still can't get every game live on TV in Super League. Yeah, and, like, the, the list of things they need to change is it's it's almost overwhelming. Like, their junior development system is a shambles. They don't have a minimum wage in Super League. Um, that Most of the Super League teams don't stick to the salary cap, allegedly. Um like there's so many different things. Their coaching is abysmal. Like the British coaching structure is fucking terrible. Um, you know, and you just go down that list. You keep going and going and going. I, uh, I, I don't know where you'd start. I really don't. Because to me, that's the key. You get that done. Your next step after that is right. If, if you just, yeah, we're talking hypothetically, you go, right, the UK is now back equal with the NRL. Mm-hmm. Next step after that is, right, we need to get the UK to bring France up to UK's level. Yeah. You know, because Australia's pretty much helping to bring Samoa, Fiji, Tonga, all of those up to speed because they've got a whole heap of players playing the NRL. It's no surprise that those countries are all getting so much better and so much more competitive because of the NRL. English Super League needs to be doing the same thing for Europe, not just for France, not just for England, but, you know, Wales, Scotland, Ireland as well. There's no reason why those four, five nations there shouldn't be better. They've been around longer than the Pacific Islands on the rugby league international scene. There's yeah, no like, reason why they shouldn't be better. And the, the Pacific Islands, I don't think a lot of people realise how small these nations are that are producing the likes of Jason Talmalolo. Mm. Um, they're absolutely tiny. We've got suburbs in Sydney that would be better than, uh, bigger than a lot of these Pacific Islands nations. So it's incredible the talent that they produce. Um, I have been personally of the opinion for many, many years that I think that France are more likely to improve and be able to really properly compete with Australia than Great Britain will be. You know, because I think that in France they just have a different outlook on sport, improving in sport. Um, I think they'd be more likely to have a look at their junior development pathways and things like that um, and really put, push the levels of their elite players. But it's difficult for them to do because they've just got to be better than England in Super League, I'm talking about now. And that's with... With only having one French team in Super League, they've only got to have that focus to be better than the other Super League teams. Where I think if once you've got a few French teams in there, then you're starting to get a bit of a collective together. 
and you can take the best of that collective and then look to take them to a new level. Here's another question, I guess, is if if Toulouse makes it into the Super League and it's looking pretty likely that they will, given that they're, you know, they look like they're possibly one of the two best teams in the championship at the moment, mm-hmm. and then you've got two of the 12 teams in Super League are from France... Should we be focusing on how to on making France better to try and bring England up to speed? I don't um, think it's a bad idea. And I suppose the other thing then is how do you do that from the other side of the world? And that's the difficulty. It, it would be great if France every year was getting games or inbound teams that were like, you know, Australia, New Zealand, Tonga, Samoa. They just need those games. They need those games on a regular basis. Uh, and to play them in France, I think, is a good idea too because the the trek the trek down to the Southern Hemisphere and they're, all of a sudden they're playing in proper oppressive heat, I don't mm. think it's it, it does anything for them. No, so, we've, got to, we've got to play them in their conditions. And also by playing yeah. it in France, France gets a heap of money. Yeah. And they need it more than what, you know, the NRL does. I yeah. think the NRL, that's, where, that's one area where they can forego a bit of cash and say, you know what, we will take... Some teams, whatever they might be, you know, they they could take a, a city team, or you know how we used to have city versus country. Yep. Take a city and a country team over there, and they can play a game over there. You yeah, know, it could be things like that. Things that. What, what about like an Aboriginal know. team, or you know, I I agree with you. Just have different things like. It, it, there's so many opportunities we've got in rugby league to do stuff like that. Like, it, Even, I think it would be good for France if we, like, took a couple of nines teams over there and played like a, you know, some sort of nines competition over there. I think there's a lot of things you could do. And, you know, if you're spending time in southern France, it's not exactly the worst off-season in the world, playing footy and doing all that sort of stuff. It'd be exactly. great. And you could play a few games in Catalonia. Yeah. Because, I mean, that looks to be their next expansion market. So get over there and give that a massive plug. I don't know. There's, I think there's more that Australia could be doing. And they, they, and not just Australia, but the entire Pacific region. Yeah. I think it's up to, up to this part of the world to try and bring the north, the northern hemisphere, up a level. Because at the okay. moment, if they keep just following whatever the UK is, it's just going to keep going downhill. Exactly. Like, it'll, France is coming up to the UK level, mm-hmm. but I don't want that to be their ceiling. No. They should be able to go higher than that. I mean, they've got two teams over there in, that, in those English comps, and they're both going to be playing in the Super League pretty soon. Do, you know, if they get two teams in the Super League, do, should, should France be looking at getting a third team into the championship? 100%. Like, my aim would be to have four French Super League teams. That's what you really want. Um, and right now, that's a long way off. I understand that. But I, I want French Rugby League to be a driving force in Super League and because it's going to end up then being a driving force on mainland Europe. Yeah. And, and that's that's a big key for Rugby League. Um, I tell you what, in all of this, you know, it would be really nice is for the New Zealand Rugby League to step up and do anything at all to promote rugby league anywhere because I tell you what, I know I'm very 
um, harsh for the Rugby Football League, but the New Zealand Rugby League is the most useless fucking organisation in the entire Rugby League playing world, and it has been for decades now. They do nothing for anybody. They're useless, completely useless. Um, I think the NRL should take over running Rugby League in New Zealand, and I don't think that anything bad would come of that. All you'd be doing would be replacing the most useless rugby league organisation in the entire planet. Who would run it? Well, the Golden Cock would. <laughs> God's father. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Racehorse. Mr. Racehorse. Sunshine's at his ass. Yeah. Did you see? Did you see? He made savings of more than fifty million dollars for Channel Nine. It's great. So that's going to be his next job, is it? Is running Channel Nine? Yeah, probably. It's the only place he's saved money on. <laughs> oh man! You know, everyone's loving it at the moment because the game's a bit quicker. It's only quicker for a little bit. Wait till they all review it and bloody trying to find loopholes and shit. I liked the one game that was close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's... It is crazy. I think I think we are going to start seeing quite a few more wide-open score lines. Definitely. Which I, I can't think is, is a great thing for rugby league, but, you know... We'll see how long the honeymoon period lasts. Yeah. Hopefully next weekend we get more than one close game. That would be nice. That would be good. Who is playing next weekend? Uh, let's have a look at the draw for next next weekend. So first game that's up. It's lucky I'm on the NRL website. First game. Oh, no, that's too far. It's Broncos versus Bron- Roosters. Yeah, Broncos Roosters Thursday. They'd call out a blockbuster. I don't. Um, and then Friday, Warriors versus Panthers. That'll be an interesting one. Um, mm, hang on, is Cleary back? I didn't get a two-week suspension. Did he? I feel like it was a two-week suspension. Okay. Because well, that yeah, TikTok that... video ran for a good 10 seconds. Mm. I think he got a week for every five-second block. And he was dancing. Yeah. And I think he had his hat on sideways, didn't he? Uh, kind of sideways, yeah. That's fucking unforgivable. <laughs> uh, Storm, how, he's, how he's still got a career, I don't know. I know. Storm versus Rabbitohs is the uh, 8 p.m. game on Friday. I think the Rabbitohs no, are going to get smacked in that one. No way in hell are the Storm going to turn out the same performance as they did last week. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, and we will see in that game mm. proper exploitation of any rules that are going on in the NRL, I think. It would be a... The Rabbitohs are going to have to do something, but it would be a really good test for the Storm against the team they should have the wood over yeah. just to see how far they can push things. They do in Melbourne. I don't think the Rabbitohs have ever won in Melbourne. Oh, really? Ever? Ever. Wow, that's incredible. Um, Parramatta Manly, that is going to be good. That will be a good game. Um, be interesting to see if Manly's form is true form or if they just played well because they were playing the Dogs. And the Eels, I mean, if they continue their form, red-hot form, wow. Yeah. Mitchell Moses. How good is Mitchell Moses, Andrew? Oh, mate. Um, next game is the Cowboys versus the Sharks. 
Uh, I, I like any game where I can watch Jason Tomalolo play. So well, I'm for me, watching Jason Tomalolo playing against Wade Graham, I'm watching this. Oh, that will be cool, hey? My two favourite players at the moment in NRL. Yeah. Outside of Benji Marshall, obviously. Yeah. Um, Canberra, Newcastle. I am expecting Canberra to do a number on the Knights, and I don't know why. I just think Canberra looked to be the benchmark team out of last weekend, and no one looks close to them. They looked really, really good. They hit the ground running, which was great. I would be a little surprised if Mitchell Pearce is back because he was knocked out like I haven't seen a player knocked out for a while. Um, they have a number of injuries. I, I don't know if Pong is back for this round. He might be, but I'm not sure. But I'd, I would still tip the Raiders even if the Knights were at full strength. Yeah. Um, and man, there's some blockbusters on Sunday and Monday. Oh, man, I can't wait for these two. Titans versus the Tigers. I know I'm falling asleep during this game. I just know it. <laughs> Sunday afternoon footy with the Tigers. I don't know what it is. I always fall asleep and have the most beautiful sound sleeps. It's really weird. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> Look, the Tigers should romp home in that one. Yeah. yeah and I'll say should. Um, and then, man, we've got to wait all week for this. Wow. Bulldogs versus Dragons. Yeah, the Mary Pay Cup. <laughs> it's going to be a great one. Now, there was a news story that came out today saying that McGregor's got two weeks to save his career. Well, you know, otherwise, two weeks isn't too bad, is it? <laughs> I learned today in an article that he's on 750000 a year. What, Ruples? That's too much. <laughs> so if. If they do decide to sack him in two weeks' time, yeah, and I think he's got the Sharks next week, yeah. Um, if they do decide to sack him, apparently the Dragons are going to have to foot a bill worth at least a million dollars to get rid of him. That's fucking outrageous, eh? But that's going to be a million dollars well spent, probably. Damn you, Todd Greenberg. <laughs> um. <laughs> Who could be your worst coach for the Dragons to sign than Paul McGregor? Um, what's his name? The guy that's the he's the talent person down there now, Millwood, Ian Millwood. Ian Millwood? Yeah, one hundred percent. We've got to throw in there Matty Elliott. I'd take Matty Elliott over Ian Millwood. Would you take him over Paul McGregor though? That silence says speaks volumes. How about Garth Brennan? <laughs> Oh, no, I'd take Garth Brandon for sure. <laughs> and obviously there's one bloke who's still looking for a job. I don't know why, and that's Jeff Toovey. Dragons, call him, seriously. Yeah, or he even Hook. Hook, yeah, why not? Yeah, get him on the phone. Talk to him for 20 minutes until he's finished saying hello, and then uh, give him a job. Yeah, do something. Seriously, there's a few options there. Um, Trent Barrett's also available in the Penrith lower grades. Yeah, Would take he, him, please. He'd be better than McGregor. Yeah, definitely, definitely. He'd I mean, be I, really good at putting those cardboard cutouts out right now. <laughs> eh? Which is more than McGregor can do. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, come on, Dragon. Seriously, you can't have a squad that looks that good on paper and play that dire. Yeah, it, it's, it's weird. And, you know, the players... What are they supposed to do? The, the game plan's shit. There's only so much you can do with that, that sort of game plan. So you know who would be a better coach? 
Who? It would be 1999 Tommy Radonikus. I'll never forget his greatest plan when someone said to him, so what's your game plan this week? Tommy says, I don't give one. If we don't know what what the game plan is, how will the opposition know? And at least that's got some variation in it that the Dragons currently don't have. That's true. I remember him uh, many years later saying he really regretted saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Especially in a season when they were historically one of the worst teams of all time. (laughs) They were being pumped every week by 40 and 50-odd. Yeah. And 60-odd. It's kind of weird when you look through the worst teams of all time and it's like teams like University and stuff and it's that that fucking Magpies team as well. It's like, wow, that shows how bad they were. Yeah, they were bad. Um, well, there you go. That's We've done pretty well there for a quick episode. Must be how almost long? 10 minutes gone now. Oh, excellent. Yeah, we've almost done an hour. Fine. Um, <laughs> if you want to catch up with us on, on Twitter, people get involved in the conversation there. We're at Fergo Freak Pod. We're on Instagram. I think there's an actual picture went up on the Instagram feed today. Oh, really? What of? Uh, one of us wearing one of us wearing a heap of watches. Ah, I think I know who that is. Mm. Yeah, no surprises there who that might be. Um, so yeah, you can check us out on Instagram, Virgo Freak Pod. Um, we're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. Go over there, subscribe, uh, like all the videos. There's only 180 odd videos there. Go through when you've got about three hours spare. Open up every video and just press the like button. Yeah. Like every single one of them. Leave yeah. your comments too. Like, wow, that was incredible. Oh, the Great insight. insight. Amazing. Yeah. Greatest ever. Yeah. And just press play on every video. Mm. You don't have to listen to it. Just press play and then turn the volume down and walk away and do something else. But just do that. That'd be sweet. Um, yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. I've got a website, fergoandthefreak.com. Yeah. Is that the one? Yep, yeah. com. I believe you also have a website, do you? Uh, only a little thing. Yeah. yeah. What's it called? Uh, rugbyleagueproject.org. Never heard of it. Yeah. It's, it's only a little thing. It's, it's just in its infancy. Yeah. There's oh. a lot of work to be done on there. So, you know, if anyone decides that they want, you know, they've won a few million dollars in the lotto and they want to help out, um, you know, with a website, just, just send them in over. That'd be sweet. Well, good luck with that. Hey, it sounds like it'll be a nice little website when you've got that going. Yeah, it'll, I'll be on that until I'm about 147, I think, <laughs> was the last um, analysis I did. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Hey, um, I've got a website too, eh? Hey? Well, I was just going to ask. I thought, if I've got a website, then surely you've got one. Yeah. Well, you, I'm, you're a website, website guru. Well, I'm so. Website address guru. Compared to me, you're an absolute guru. (laughs) Um, So if I've got one website, you must have several. uh, Yeah, several. At at least several. I've got one called leaguefreak.com. It's an egocentric ear bashing in which I try and annihilate the feelings of British Rugby League supporters. Nice. Uh, Yeah. Are they, are they appreciative of your work? Um, yeah, I think they are, you know. They they say things like, I don't read their entire emails, but they say things like, you're a fucking, and then I stop reading. I'm just <laughs> saying champion and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that's what it would be. Yeah. So I've got that. 
I've got nrlbreakingnews.com, uh, rugbyleaguepodcastingnetwork.com, and, you know, they're the main ones. They're the main three. Nothing to do with any other Super League teams? No uh, news about them? Salfordreddevils.co.uk. No, you would know that one. NRLrumors.com, I own that one. RL World Nines, I own that one. I feel inclined to say to people, just to uh, keep you busy, I guess, for the week. Oh, shit. If there's any rugby league-related URLs that you think League Freak should own, <laughs> send them to him at League Freak on Twitter or at Fergo Freak Pod, and um, trust me, he'll get tempted. It'll be fun to watch because then the next time I speak to him in, in like a few hours' time, we say, "I've just bought a few more." That <laughs> seriously don't. I get too tempted. You know what I'm like. I sit here and I'll be like, "Ooh, wow." Women's Rugby League World Cup information.com is available. I think maybe I should buy it. I want to have kickhousebabies.com is available. <laughs> Nathan Cleary, he's my boy.com is available. I want to be Tormalolo's bitch.com. That's there. <laughs> oh, shit. See, we might be joking here, but I also know that in the background, he's. He's just gone to uh, check to see if those things are available. Just That's how keen he is. Yeah. Purchase. All right, people. I was going to say one last thing too, I guess, is um, you can donate to both of us yeah. and our work on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com league freak. Yep. Or slash league freak, sorry. Patreon.com slash league freak. And you can donate. He's got some tiers on there starting from three bucks a month. You I've know, got. Just donate you... a coffee to him. That's pretty much what you're doing there. Yeah, just a coffee a month, and it all goes towards the websites. Um, and also check out patreon.com forward slash RL Project. All of your money and donations on RL Project go towards the digitization of rugby league's history worldwide. Indeed it does. It's fantastic. And, uh, yeah, then you luck. We can get enough people doing that so that we can do our respective jobs on those websites. That would be fantastic. As a career. Yeah, that would be great. Which would then mean we'd be home all the time. So then Freaky could call me up daily and say, let's do another podcast episode. Well, like I do now. Yeah. (laughs) But we'd be doing like three episodes a day instead of three a week. That would be fucking cool. People, how could you not want that? That's the selling point right there. Yeah, get donating. Get on it, people. Um, and last, if you want to send us an email. Podcast at leaguefreak.com. There you go. Drops yes. a line there. We yeah. will read, we'll read them out if they're not um, too lengthy. Yeah. Otherwise, we might try and frame a, an episode every now and then around emails. Yeah, if it's a good one. Yeah. And um, last but not least, go to your podcast you know, website where you, you listen to us and uh, leave us a review there. Especially if you're on Apple, go to the Apple Podcast and uh, give us a five star review, and we'll read those out. We'll put them up on the, our website as well. We'll make you famous. Exactly, because we just want to make all of you lot famous. That's what you want. That's yeah. what we give. Yeah. So, I guess with all that advertising done, we'll time to all go to bed. Yeah, it's time to say goodbye. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in for this quick ten minute episode. 
It has gone for almost an hour. That's good. We could just jibber for five minutes if you want. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You people have heard enough. See you.